2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
3: Just devastated. I feel devastated, Perloff, for the Dallas Cowboy fans. And good morning. Welcome to Maggie and Perloff. You think change is coming. You just got kicked in the teeth by the Green Bay Packers, the youngest team in the NFL, came into your home stadium, kicked you around. You thought, finally, we're going to... Get rid of our head coach, make some changes around here, and really try to win a Super Bowl. And instead, you get the news yesterday that Mike McCarthy will be back next season to coach the Cowboys.
4: Yeah, I got to tell you, this is not the end of the bad news for Dallas because they got some serious problems this off season. And whoever was coming in there has those. If they did hire someone instead of McCarthy, you might not have a Super Bowl roster now. I don't think you did, bag. You think they did? Next year it's gonna be even worse because they have they have to figure out Dak Prescott's sixty million dollar cap. They have to pay Micah Parsons, they have to pay C D Lamb, and a lot of guys are getting old there. Yeah. And that's just a reality of the team. It's gonna be hard to keep them at the level they're at now. Twelve and five is aspirational now. I'm not sure that Dallas is on the brink of a Super Bowl. In fact, I think they might take a small step back next year.
3: Wow. I mean, just the last thing you want to hear when you are going into the postseason with the number two seed, two home games, presumably, before you would have to meet the vaunted San Francisco 49ers in what would be year three of that matchup. And now you got nothing to show for it. And all you have is an owner who has just been stringing you along that they're serious about competing for a Super Bowl when they're not. Because if you were serious about competing for a Super Bowl, you would take the perceived risk of removing McCarthy and trying to find a better answer. Because you can just stay on the treadmill and do the same thing, and, and winning 12 games is impressive, but that's not where you're at as a franchise. You're not at winning 12 games like feels good. Mm. That That's not what this is. You are trying to break a pattern that has existed for nearly 30 years. And it's it's just the same old thing. And I, I just, I, you got to feel hopeless if you are a Dallas Cowboy fan because your team is good, just good enough, but...
4: To give you hope and then crush your dreams.
3: It's not serious.
4: Well, let me uh, offer an alternative for yeah. Cowboys fans. What if you said, hey, we're a normal franchise. We don't have the star on our helmet. 40 million people don't tune into." Watch all our games. Why don't we do a rebuild? Why don't we okay. move on from Dak Prescott, get a new young coach in his 30s, which is the style these days are doing really well. Look at D'Amico Ryans in Houston, yep. Shane Psych, Indy. Why don't we just say, let's take a step back before we move forward? That's the thing. You can't afford to do that. Well,
3: this is where the Jerry Jones effect, which, believe me, impacts every single level of this, and we all know that. But this is where the Jerry Jones effect and being the Dallas Cowboys really can hurt you because – They can't do that type of rebuild. (laughs) They're like the New York Yankees. You can't like bottom out, you know? Not when you're charging the type of ticket prices you're charging. Not when you are, again, you're fooling your fan base. And and I hate to say that because I'm not I'm not implying that the Dallas Cowboy fan base is stupid or sheep or anything like that. You're being worked. And and I I feel for you because you you're never gonna bottom out because that's for franchises like the Cowboys, the Yankees, like the, the, it's just too much pressure. Yep. You can't ever do that. And and I guess to be fair, ownership wouldn't wouldn't do that to the fan base, but like you're not you're just you're getting sold a bill of goods here that this owner actually wants to win a Super Bowl. And I know you say, no, he wants to win more than anybody. Where's the proof? Where's the proof that he wants to win more than anybody? He wants to keep you right where you are. He wants to keep you interested and attentive. He wants you to think that there's a a shot, and then it doesn't matter to Jerry Jones. Nothing about Jerry Jones' life changes materially Mm. if he wins a Super Bowl or he keeps living this same life. He's powerful. He's rich. He's in the Hall of Fame. He doesn't care, and he's the number one guy. And at this point, if the Dallas Cowboys somehow are lucky enough To actually win a Super Bowl at all while Jerry Jones is alive, it will be in spite of Jerry Jones, not because of him. The credit that he so badly wants, he will not even get at this point.
4: But take a step back. What does Jerry Jones get out of keeping the franchise relevant and good? I mean, the guy's never in a million years going to be able to spend all his money he's already got the Hall of Fame what does he care if he's 12 and five what does anything except a super Bowl ring mean anything what what does he have so what I think that's the understand. only thing it's the only thing he wants he's gonna look back you know, and I always say this with salaries, too. What does Tom Brady, what does LeBron James care if he gets $40 million more next year? He should just do anything he can to get one more championship, because those are invaluable.
3: Okay, well, I think LeBron really is trying to do something like that. I, I don't is think he, that Jerry I Jones I mean, same thing
4: happens with LeBron. That people think he's coasting in L.A. because it's comfortable.
3: No, I mean, they just went to the Western Conference Finals after they were having a terrible season. I, I, don't, I don't think that's true. I think that, first of all, do not ever underestimate rich people wanting more money. Well, <laughs> like I don't. Is, I don't think.
4: I don't think Jerry. I don't think money matters to him anymore. I think a championship is all he's got left to go. That's I, the only thing he thinks about, in I, my opinion.
3: I gave you this question. I'm going to give it to you again. If you gave Jerry Jones the option of winning a Super Bowl or never being able to make a public appearance or speak in public ever again, what do you think that he would pick?
4: Okay, let me ask you this: If you offered him five hundred million dollars for a Super Bowl ring, would he take it?
3: $500 million or a Super Bowl no,
4: ring? He, he, if you give me $500 million, Jerry, I'll give you a Super Bowl ring. Or get, you give me 80% of your wealth for one more ring. Would he do it? I don't think so. He'd do it in a heartbeat because he's got so much money it doesn't matter. Well,
3: I'm, we can talk about money. Again, I never underestimate rich people wanting to get richer. But you can also just – he wants the fame of it. Yeah, no, I I agree. The
4: microphone, I agree with you. He he, would take the microphone, but I don't think this is about money. This is not about keeping the Cowboys profitable. He all he wants is a super this is his only goal left. There's nothing else.
3: It's not a goal, guys. Like wake up and smell what's going on here. It's unserious because keeping Mike McCarthy is sends the signal that you're okay just being relevant and competitive. You don't actually care about winning. And the thing is, is I I don't agree with you that the football postseason is like the baseball postseason. Baseball postseason to me really does feel kind of crapshooty. Like there is, you know, a, a randomness perhaps that can exist with baseball where the super teams are generally the ones who don't end up winning unless you're like the Yankees in the 90s or something. But recently, it feels a lot more like luck or something. Football's not that way. Like, you, who's here year in and year out? You, you The Patrick Mahomes is what's going to happen with San Francisco consistently beating your Dallas Cowboys. You can actually, if you do this correctly, you can give yourself an advantage, a real one, and, and Jerry doesn't want to do that because of the ego.
4: Well, the other thing, too, is, I mean, we would not even be having this conversation if it wasn't the Cowboys. If – if a coach came in and took over an 8 and 8 team and went 3 straight years of 12 and 5 in most franchises that coach is not getting fired. I mean that it's an unusual situation. Because the Cowboys have this super bowl or bust mentality around them, which is ironically one of the reasons they were so tight uh, on Sunday against Green Bay Packers. Like I mean listen, we're talking about a 12 and 5 coach and we're making it sound like he's Rich Kotite with the Jets. Yep. I mean Mike McCarthy is a good coach. Is he a great coach? Probably not. Is he a big game coach? Definitely not. But still, if he was a coach uh, at the Tennessee Titans and he was 12 and five, three straight years, no one's talking about firing him. So it is an unusual situation. I
3: mean, the Tennessee Titans just fired their head coach. Who had six wins. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, I just, it's the expectation that's set by the owner and. Right,
4: because he wants a Super Bowl.
3: No, it's the expectation set by the owner because he wants you to keep coming back to the trough.
4: No, he doesn't. He doesn't he care you, anymore. He knows you're coming back.
3: Uh, I, I, I feel this one does feel different because even Jerry himself said this is the worst loss that I've ever felt. And the fact is, we could do a top five list of the worst losses, and we could debate whether that Packers one was number one or not. It's. I think you're, you at some point you've beaten down everybody to the point where they don't trust you you're going to get all the ire like Mike McCarthy. It almost feels like a waste of breath now to, to blame him. Like, you know, he's not a good coach. You know, he's not a big uh, game coach. You're still going to blame Mike McCarthy. But well, like, you know,
4: he's not a good coach,
3: a big game coach.
4: Okay. We just did. Yeah. Sorry. Is he a good coach? Probably.
3: Probably. But you know, that
4: coach isn't enough here. I don't think so. I, I'm, I you have
3: other talent out on the, on the market right now.
4: If you look at a way to build a champion, you, you have to do something. You have to rip a bandaid and start over. You need to bring in a Kyle Shanahan who's 36. You need to bring in a Jimmy Johnson who's in his forties and just came out of college. You need to do something completely different. And I think Jerry's afraid to do that at this age. I think he's afraid that they're going to get bad. I mean, Jimmy came in and won one and 15. Could Jerry do that now? No, I, there's just there's no way to build organically. Same thing happens to the Yankees. I feel like the Yankees have been stuck in the same exact position where you can't be bad. you got to be bad to be good.
3: I mean, to be fair to the Yankees, yeah. they've at least made it to the ALCS a couple times.
4: Uh, do you th- when you see Jerry in the offseason, when he gets into a room – He's not sitting around and telling everybody, all right, give me a plan to, so we can remain good and keep the fans in the seats and have these high TV ratings. He's saying one thing, how do we get a Super Bowl? I think he's singularly focused on this.
3: I, I disagree. How, then how do you defend keeping McCarthy when I think you could have Jim Harbaugh?
4: I think Jerry thinks McCarthy gives him a chance. I think Jerry is at the
3: And he's senile, and we should probably start talking about that. I Because I mean, we all saw it, guys, and we've been seeing it. Hey, quickly... You're welcome to weigh in on this, by the way, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Can can I also mention something where I'm seeing a comparison right now with the Dallas Cowboys, and it's the last team I ever thought I'd see it with, and it's the New England Patriots. So yesterday, Gerard Mayo gets introduced as the new head coach of the Patriots, and he was beyond impressive. I mean, talk about winning a press conference – chef's kiss you can't do it any better he was excellent actually let's hear a little bit of Gerard Mayo he first want to address, you know the elephant in the room where you can't expect him to be like Bill Belichick because he is not like Bill Belichick
1: now Bill always says this managing expectations for me I'm not trying to be Bill I'm not trying to be Bill I think that Bill is his own man uh, if you can't tell by now, I'm a little bit different even up here.
3: Yeah, it was very different. It was super direct. It wasn't evasive. It wasn't short. He expounded on things and expanded in a way that made sense. Everything about him is not like Bill Belichick. But are making, they are making decisions right now and making moves that I do not think are going to work out well for the Patriots. Why? They are making moves like the Dallas Cowboys. Now, not all like the Cowboys, but some. First of all, number one, it is obvious that Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, is really taking over here. He's 83. He's really taking over to the point where he's now has inserted himself, maybe because he needed to, but he has inserted himself in a way where his voice is now going to be heard. He's sick and tired, I think, or became sick and tired of Bill Belichick basically giving him the stiff arm and saying, stay in your lane as an owner. 82, thank you. And now he wants some say. Mm -hmm. And he's making that known. So you get a meddling owner if you want to look at it one way. Number two, you have a coach who's been coaching for five years in Gerard Mayo, great player, left to go to the business world and then came back as a coach because Bill Belichick wanted him to coach, liked him, (laughs) saw leadership qualities. He's been coaching for five years, and he's never really done it. He's, I'm sorry. Never done it anywhere else but New England. That means you're a Belichick as- disciple. You're a Belichick assistant. You might have played for other coaches. But you're a Belichick assistant. And what has been the fate that has befallen other Belichick assistants? They can say they're not like Bill. But they learned it all from Bill. And other Belichick assistants have not been successful in the NFL. In fact... There was a joke that they mentioned yesterday. Uh, Julian Edelman actually said it to, I think, Cowherd, that the nickname for Gerard Mayo when they were playing was Gerard Belichick because he was so much like Belichick. I think that you, and thirdly and lastly, we did not get a very clear answer on who the general manager is going to be for the Patriots moving forward. Is it going to be someone in-house? I think they said that's their preference but they are going to open it up and see kind of what's out there. I think if you go in-house, you're just continuing the Belichick thing, which really has not shown you that player personnel has been like the gold standard over the last few years. And if you go outside of the organization, you're now marrying a head coach and a general manager when these two guys didn't choose each other. And I just feel like I've got mountains and mountains of evidence when the GM doesn't help select the coach, where you end up with a real strong difference of opinion there, more often than not, those two guys end up butting heads.
4: Got it. Show bet. Gerard Mayo is the best hire of this cycle, and that's a cycle that includes Bill Belichick, Mike, maybe Vrabel, Dan Quinn. Mayo's, everything I've ever heard about him is he's a superstar in the making. And your logic is dead on. Belichick assistants have been bad, but he is so different than Matt Patricia and Eric Mangini and uh, Josh McDaniels. He just feels so different personality-wise. He has been, since he was a player, yeah. they were talking about him as a leader of men. And the other thing I like is, unlike Dallas, they're ripping the Band-Aid. Mayo's in his mid-30s. Yep. They have to give this guy time so he can actually build organically. I understand that. The thing about the GM, that's a great point too. But I think... Robert Kraft, he's 82, but I think he's looking at a three or four year window where Jer- Gerard Mayo gets to make his imprint on this team. I don't think anyone expects him to be good next year. They don't have any players. Right. Everyone knows that. So I think this is a really, really good situation. I just I'm I'm falling for the press conference, which I vow never to do. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: Uh, just reputation. I think Gerard Mayo is going to be a star. Listen. I think he's going to be a coaching star. He's totally different than Bill Belichick. His style is way different. Uh, they're going to be defense first at first but eventually and it could be this year they're going to get a franchise quarterback in there and it's going to be
1: fun.
3: Okay, so here's more from Gerard Mayo on how things need to change now that he's in charge. I
1: think the information flow has kind of been like put on one person and that's coach. And look, he's able to handle that. Me as a first-year head coach, I don't want to I don't want to act like I have all the answers. I'm in the learning phase, whether learning from the uh, scouts or learning from coaches, learning from the craft film, even learning from you, right, in the media. I work in the media, but at the same time, even that relationship between coaches and players in the media, I, I see it differently. And I want to improve that relationship and, and hopefully just improve the overall vibe of
3: Yeah, I said also he wants to, you know, break down silos and he wants to, you know, repair some relationships, which was you know, an interesting way to put it, but I, you're asking for a lot here. Listen, maybe you, maybe this is a situation like the Green Bay quarterbacks, where you just go from one guy to the next guy, and it's just seamless. Um,
4: well, it's gonna take a little time. Uh, they're not gonna be immediately successful like Belichick was at New England. But let's say Drake May falls to three. Let's say Jaden Daniel goes to three. Yeah you know that they can coach the defense. You know the defense is going to be adequate. That's New England. Gerard Mayo has been doing that. So it, it feels, I mean, you just get the right guy in there, obviously Houston. I don't know. I feel like this is just set up for such a good turnaround and he seems like such a good
2: football guy.
3: Yeah, I'm I, just have so ex- got lots and lots of evidence to the contrary. And
2: yes. one thing I think is important to know, too, and yeah. they talked about this a lot during the press conference yesterday, the Patriots have a ton of cap space. Yeah. And they are really excited about the opportunity to potentially really flip this roster around this offseason with that cat space going at the free agent and making trades. So they're yeah. going to be an interesting team to follow. Kraft gave me the impression that they're going to be very aggressive. And what's the name? Uh, Jar Mayo made no bones about it. They are taking a quarterback in the draft.
4: by can I tell you they're the number three pick? What if they get Marvin Harrison Jr. at three, then Bo Nix or Michael Penix at the top Whoa. of the second round? Wait,
3: let's, let's hear the let's yeah. hear the audio of him talking about the quarterback situation.
1: Right, that's right. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. What I will say is this. We're going to draft the best player for a position that is very important. You put the pieces together.
3: (laughs) I'm telling you guys, this is more fodder for my argument here about mistakes that you make, and these are rookie mistakes. Why is drafting
4: a quarterback a rookie mistake?
3: Well, you don't have the number one overall pick, so you're not going to get your first choice no no matter what. To, this is dangerous with a quarterback. When you need one so badly, you can start seeing things that maybe aren't there. Like, you got to be careful here when you get so zoned in on quarterback, sometimes you think the player maybe is a little bit better than they are because you're desperate for one, and... I yeah, like, asked the Steelers about Kenny Pickett. I mean, they were desperate for a quarterback. They they, they took him. I don't know if he was worth that first-round grade. I know he had good stats in college, but when you're desperate for a quarterback is when you make mistakes with a quarterback.
4: But also, all the analytics show top 10 picks quarterback. You have a much better success the higher you take a quarterback. Pickett went 21. Number three... I know there's been okay, some can famous I can give you Zach at three.
3: Wilson then I there mean it's a
4: famous bust at three but still like your odds are way better than 21. listen still, Pittsburgh it's
3: still about 50 50.
4: 50 50 is not bad
3: I'm just saying though when you're desperate for the quarterback position I think you end up seeing yeah. things you don't want to see
4: that's why I would go with it with the future Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison Jr. at three, then there's such a deep quarterback draft that you can't go wrong. Just because Gerard Mayo says that today doesn't mean they're guaranteed. So the question is, too.
3: Who's making the pick, by the way? You don't have a general manager. The head coach just basically told the media and, by extension, the fan base, you're getting a quarterback. What if the GM comes in and wants Perloff's idea? What if he wants Marvin Harrison Jr.? You're already setting up tension.
4: Well, Mayo said that he's willing to take input. Anybody can, you and I can make the number three pick and we have a really good chance of getting the right <laughs> guy. This is number three. It's not exactly, you don't need, uh, you know, a rocket scientist to pick number three. So I think they're fine. I just think, okay, everything you said, Tree logic. Went you said all these things are so true logically, but what if Jerron Mayo's just the guy? He might be a guy. I mean, that's the thing. Logic wise, that roster sucks. <laughs> you know, the ownership group is probably too interventionist but some guys are just just that good and I, I think Mayo is going to be that good I'm all
3: about him one small other detail that I found interesting yeah. about this maybe this is a little insidery as we're talking about Gerard Mayo's introductory press conference yesterday in New England S- Jonathan Kraft wasn't there the president of the team not in attendance tending to something else some other business
4: That's I, think
3: good, a right? deal? I don't know
4: well, people, there was a report yesterday that Kraft doesn't want to be the GM. That was a lot of people were scared that Jonathan was going to take over the GM job. So now we know that's not happening. It was guess, reported by, uh, that's good, right?
3: I, I'm telling you, I see the parallels now. The Krafts are looking a lot like the Joneses, maybe. I know Stephen Jones would never miss a press no, conference. No, it's the exact opposite. No, but they're meddling. They're in. I don't know what's going on with Jonathan. I just found that interesting that he wasn't at the at the uh press conference but he's still the president of the team they want to be involved
4: no like, no but it's really good jonathan they, they actually had the reporters say jonathan's not going to be the football guy no he so won't. that's really good
3: okay well let's see they haven't hired He wasn't a, at the press conference I know, but that doesn't mean he doesn't want influence and if you read the espn report that came out he was the one who was really galvanizing behind getting belichick out of the out of the building so yeah i they're making mistakes here Maybe Gerard Mayo's so good it won't matter, but I mean, honestly, mistakes. the other
4: thing, unlike Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, the bar is really low right now. They were awful the last two years. That's so, true. yeah, I mean, is anybody going to be mad if Mayo doesn't win immediately? Okay, I see, doubt it.
3: That's the thing. You can't say that they have no expectations, but then say how tough it is to follow a legend. You know there are going and to be it, there are going to be expectations because you're following up Belichick, just like there are in Kalen DeBoer at Alabama.
4: But it's so different because Saban was at the top of his game, Belichick was at the bottom of his game. This feels more like Jimmy Johnson taking over for Tom Landry. They're two totally different situations.
3: 4 CBS Maggie and Perloff, you are welcome to weigh in. Coming up, a lot more to do, including some destinations for your favorite quarterback who might be switching teams. We'll do that next.
4: Welcome back, Maggie and Pearl off show, CBS Sports Radio. Now, I'm the kind of sports fan who will pull over my car and wait 10 minutes if I have to, if there's any kind of trade rumor. I love trade rumors. <laughs> More I than mock mo- drafts? Mock drafts and trade rumors yeah. are my lifeblood. So, EJ dropped one on me that I did not see coming because I assumed this player was untradeable. But EJ is going to do the impossible and give us trade destination for Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett. I don't know how you're going
2: to do this, dude. Oh, I'm ready. I think I'm going to be able to get this done. Okay. So, not only do I have one, I have two. But there was one that definitely inspired. So, yesterday, Kenny Pickett, MIA, when it came to the exit interviews yeah. for the you know, the media. I think he talked to the coaches or whatever. But he didn't do any Q&A with the media. Other players did, of course.
3: Listen, well, look what happens. Mike Tomlin walks off the podium and now star <laughs> quarterbacks feel like they can blow off the media.
2: Exactly. So, I'm thinking, all right, this may be the end of Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. Where could we go? And something immediately jumped out. Quarterback for quarterback swap. Send Kenny Pickett to Denver for Russell Wilson, ah, uh. and bring him into Pittsburgh. Russell Wilson's used to playing in bad weather. Played in Seattle. Uh-huh. Give Russell Wilson a freak athlete type wide receiver like a George Pickens to a DK Metcalf. Yep, and Denver give um, Sean Payton a better athlete at quarterback a guy he can really groom, a guy who he can mold into the kind of quarterback he wants to be as opposed to having Russell be who he is already. Right. I think that fit is a really a match made in heaven for both teams so for what they can get at my, this point.
3: My first thing was, man, good thing this isn't the NBA and the salaries wouldn't have to match up. Right, that exactly. Would be, that
2: would be a, a
4: little bit of a hurdle. That
3: would be the whole the whole team for one. Yeah. Um,
4: there's lots of speculation. By the way, I'm I'm not poo pooing this. All I'm yeah. just saying a lot of people have been connecting Russell to the Steelers. Right, but, but nobody's but this... been connecting. Why would Sean Payton want Kenny Pickett? That's what I don't understand.
3: Well, who's he, he got will, now? He's
2: got Russell Wilson right now. When you look yeah. at the, I'd I rather have Stidham than Pickett. I'd no, rather have. No, I, I think these,
4: I, there's a lot of pressure on Sean Payton to win. I think Kenny Pickett is a real dangerous proposition there.
2: No, I think that Denver is shown they have a really good defense. And what they need right now is a guy who they can mold into the Sean Payton system. Like, right? Uh. I think their problem more than anything else, Russell Wilson played okay, but the problem is he's a bad fit with Sean Payton. So give him a guy with some talent, because Kane Peoples a first round pick. I think he has some talent. And a guy, he can really mold and say, hey, this is how you need to play the quarterback position. Also, give him a much bigger upgrade in coaching. I mean, he was learning from Matt Canada. I mean, maybe (laughs) if you give him Sean Payton, there's a a possibility he can get to that first ground grade that he had. So that's my first place. But then the second place, and now I'm like, I can send Kenny Pickett anywhere. I think there are plenty of places he can go.
3: One last thing, though, about, about the Steelers. You send Russell Wilson, who does not have the escapability that he used to have, and you send him to the AFC North. He's gonna take some major hits. I mean, you're facing the Baltimore defense twice a year. Miles Garrett, that I'd be a little concerned about that. Okay, what's destination number two?
2: Number two, send Kenny Pickett to Minnesota. Minnesota's in a weird position. They they're in a kind of a they're kind of in limbo. Like you know, is Kirk Cousins thing gonna work? Like is he the guy? Like they have a young they have a lot of young skill players, but an older quarterback. Right. And they don't really know where they are. They may want to hit like a semi-rebuild button and say, let's get a young guy in here that we can develop and give him a, a year trial and see what that goes with. Again, KOC gets a quarterback that he can kind of mold into what he wants. Yeah. And maybe Pittsburgh gets Kirk Cousins.
3: Well, it's an upgrade in coaching again right. for the offensive side with Kevin O'Connell as your quarterback. Um I
2: I also I don't think Quasey wants cousins. Every time he has to talk to the GM of the Yeah, like every time he talks about cousins, it's like it's like talking about your mother in law. <laughs> like, the way he talks about Cousins is like, uh, he's nice.
3: Yeah, she's all right. Yeah. Um
4: Gosh, I, just, I don't think Minnesota can afford to downgrade to Kenny Pickett. Like, what are they going to be? What how, If Kenny Pickett was a Vikings-started quarterback, how many wins would you predict? Six?
3: Got to be honest. Seven? Kirk Cousins will be linked to every team in the NFL. Like, from mm. Miami to...
4: Oh, I think oh, Cousins...
3: I, I mean, he's coming off an Achilles.
4: Still, I think Cousins so perfect. I thought they, they'd probably be still alive in the playoffs if Kirk Cousins had been playing this year. It feels like a marriage made in heaven for Minnesota. I think I'm way farther down on Kenny Pickett than you. I... I think people will be so disappointed in both well, Denver and Minnesota if Pickett was actually are you talking about him as a backup or as a well, no, a, he's, as the, he,
2: he's a star, He's the starter at these places oh. Pickett, the last two seasons he was 7-5 and five as the starting quarterback so he's been a winner there, I there's mean, no denying that he's won games he's been great yeah. in late season and I think that look he was a quarterback that when he got drafted in the first round I wasn't some surprise that there were teams that definitely liked him yeah. it's just that I think he went to the worst situation possible he went to a team that had no offensive plan for how to figure out how to maximize his strengths so take him to two coaches who definitely can do that and also mold them into what he, they want him to be and those two franchises that are kind of in limbo with the older quarterbacks that they have they could say hey give me your young quarterback and give me multiple firsts in here you could have maybe not Russell Wilson but for Kirk Cousins you got Kirk Cousins and maybe Russell Wilson a third or whatever Right. I think the both. I think the Denver and the Minnesota spot makes sense for Kenny Pickett.
3: Inspired, EJ. Thank you. Pretty we're
2: good. Pretty chew good. On
3: that a little bit, as Andrew you, is here with headlines. If yeah. we
4: have Denver and Minnesota fans, they are groaning. They're like, "Oh my <laughs> god! If we're stuck with Kenny Pickett, I just I'm not sure." I, I looking. New Orleans picked 19 the year that Pickett went 20, and Peyton was still there, so he passed on him once. Uh, and I assume Minnesota pass on Pickett, too. I think he's so far down. I think he's a backup next year, EJ, which is maybe interesting. He's not starting week one, is he?
3: I mean. Another part of the question. Uh,
2: he probably should have been playing in the playoffs. Let's be real. Now that we saw what Mason Rudolph did.
3: Yes, and I said bench Rudolph at halftime and put Pickett in. You guys were like, impossible.
2: Like, I, I don't yeah. know.
3: I Mason Rudolph isn't, isn't helping you in this wild card game. I, he ended up having a better second half, to his credit. But... On a
4: freezing night, I
2: thought he played pretty good anyway.
3: Could have helped Kenny Pickett's uh trade value <laughs>
4: if he I comes want in to
2: see and- Kenny Pickett in a dome. Put him in. Put him in no 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 elements weather too. I think he'd be a lot better. Yeah, yeah. every quarter. Which gets back to, of course, small hands. Oh.
4: <laughs> get him inside. <laughs> I got a bit physically too. It's, there's definitely some Kirk Cousins there. I, I see
5: what you're saying.
3: Yeah. EJ's like, get him inside. Get him a smaller ball. The <laughs> uh,
5: <laughs> plate gate too.
3: That make it seven on seven. All right, Bogues, what do you got?
5: Uh, I got the Cowboys, as we've all heard this morning. They are officially keeping Mike McCarthy. Nick Sirianni is still the Eagles head coach following yesterday's reported season-ending meeting with ownership and GM Howie Roseman. They were reportedly discussing possible coordinator hires, which seems to be a fairly good sign for Sirianni. The head coach at least has the support of D-lineman Fletcher, Fletcher Cox. So we it to talk about him
6: because, man, he's a winner. He's a winning head coach. You know, do we have some bumps this year? Yeah, but every team, every organization, everybody everybody goes through it. But we don't look at Fireman, man, who, you know, obviously has won 10-plus games two years in a row. That's took this organization to three playoff appearances three years in a row.
5: As for teams still in the playoffs, the Ravens have added Dalvin Cook to their active roster while waiving fellow running back Melvin Gordon ahead of Saturday's game with the Texans. Hey, quick question. If the players all of a sudden now like Nick Sirianni, then what the heck happened?
4: <laughs> so
3: why they quit on the season?
4: Yeah, I, 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 even I don't understand. I think it's a lack of talent on the defensive, especially the back four. But it does seem like now the players like him because they didn't show up for him in the last six weeks of the season. <laughs> okay,
3: well, look at who they're asking. In what world would Fletcher Cox say anything bad about uh, the organization? They're not exactly going chasing down A.J. Brown. Well,
2: Fletcher Cox is at the end. He doesn't care. He he might not even be back.
3: This is why you don't say anything. It's like, yeah, eh.
2: they go going to the, definitely the more mature guys. Lane Johnson, Cox... Kelsey,
3: yeah, come on, these guys, what alienating yeah, yeah, okay. the organization on the way out does nothing for them.
2: They're uh, legends. I totally, I
4: totally hear you, but it does seem like there's a cognitive dissonance here. Like all of a sudden, the players say Nick Sirianni's a great coach, but they weren't playing for him. So, there's <laughs> the my only point is something happened here. Yeah. What it is, I can't wait well, to find out. I wonder out. if it's
2: more of a locker room thing. Like, you know, and, and we've heard that we, you know, some of what we saw in that Lane Johnson, you know, cut we played yesterday was him talking about body language. Like, this may be a player's issue. Like, these players may yeah. not get along.
4: Well, I, I think, too, they're so untapped. When you see your defense blow 15 tackles, the entire people are like, oh, what are we going to do now? So, whatever.
5: Uh, things are going real well meanwhile for the LA Clippers these days. They're winning games. They'll host the twenty twenty-six All-Star game. Kawhi's got his extension. One's expected soon for Paul George. And James Harden never wants to leave. I'm here home, you know what I mean? We have opportunity. Like I want to be able to keep a core together for a few years.
2: You know what I mean? And I hasn't hasn't had that opportunity these last few years. So um,
5: things are going well and I'm I'm happy. Haven't had the opportunities <laughs> oh, the last few years is. because of me. <laughs> Enough of this guy. So unless he's retiring next Wednesday, I don't know how you can believe him that he'll finish his career with the Clippers. But that's the story for now.
3: Also, like shocker, you want you're from LA and you'd like to finish your career in LA.
5: Mm. But I
2: was. But to be fair, though, has any person ever said I want to retire a Clipper? Yeah, <laughs> that's
3: you know that's a good point.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I don't. Th- I just I, stared
3: off into the distance <laughs> for a
2: second.
3: <laughs> Did Blake Griffin ever lie and say it?
2: He definitely would have been a lie.
4: That's for sure. Chris
3: Paul probably lied and said it, right?
4: Can we just fast forward until May and two for 14 in a game seven for James Harden? Because we all know where this movie goes. He said the same
2: thing with the Sixers. Oh, my gosh. He even, That's what I loved about that quote because he said, I said the same thing with my last team. So I'm like, that. I don't know if I was a Clipper fan. That's like when your, your girlfriend's like, oh, yeah, I told you to tell it to my ex. And I'm like, oh. Well, I'm here now. Uh,
4: so. How can they, by the way, you said they're going to pay Paul. So they're paying Kawhi Leonard yeah. $150 million. They're going to pay Paul George. The same thing. They're going to pay James Harden to find money. Uh, and is the other guy still there even?
5: I don't. Westbrook is still yeah. there.
3: The other guy.
5: But at least he's not getting that kind of deal from those guys. Okay. He's but it does seem like
4: that. that's a lot of money into three very old players.
2: It will probably yes. end terribly. It seems like it's going to be terribly, right?
3: Okay, (laughs) but think about the budget they have just for the toilets. I mean, you've got a big enough toilet budget. But there's no toilet
2: cap
4: in the NFL. There's There's no... Thank God there's no toilet Actually, cap in the NFL. Some- <laughs> the salary cap seems like
5: it's going to be a problem.
3: <laughs> Somehow, now the, the toilets might have to come out there and start playing D. <laughs> yeah. I could have a Do lot. the
5: toilets have the bird rights? How does that work? <laughs> uh, on the court last night, LeBron, Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell all scored more than 25 as the Lakers down the Mavs 127-110. The Raptors traded Pascal Siakam to the Pacers, then hammered the Heat 121-97. And the Celtics are 20-0 and at home after a 117-98 final over the Spurs. Victor Webinyama, 27 points in his Boston debut. We also have Newport, Newport Beach, California police ending their investigation into Thunder player Josh Giddy, who was accused of an inappropriate relationship with a minor. The allegation surfaced on social media around Thanksgiving. The police say detectives were unable to corroborate any criminal activity. Men's top 25 action last night. Eighth rent, Kentucky beat Mississippi State 90-77. That's win number 400 with the Wildcats for John Calipari. Top-seeded Iga Swiatek needed three sets to survive American Danielle Collins in round two of the Aussie Open. American Jess Pagula lost today, but Sloan Stevens... Did reach the third round. Carlos Alcaraz on the winners on the men's side. And the Sabres and Blackhawks couldn't play hockey in Buffalo last night because of another travel ban because of more snow. They will try again tonight. Guys, back to you.
3: Bogish, thank you so much. Got a lot to do, including what did Perloff send everybody on the show with an email that said, important article, please yeah. read.
5: Did I get that?
3: Uh, <laughs> me and EJ. Yeah. I'll forward it to you.
5: No, I'm good. <laughs>
3: important article please read A 2124 cbs what was so important that Perloff had to tell us we'll get to that in just moments Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Welcome back. We get to the article that Perloff shared with us yesterday that said, important article, please read. (laughs) Do that after Francoise, joining us from Dallas, wants to weigh in on Mike McCarthy. And he's sticking around. Hey, Francois, how are you?
6: I'm doing terrific. Yourself?
3: Good. Good to hear from you. Haven't heard from you since uh, we moved from the afternoons to the morning. So I hope you're doing well.
6: Yeah, I appreciate that. I've got two comments, if I could make them. And then if you could put me on hold so I could hear your response. I'd appreciate it. You got it. Uh, First of all, I'm an objective Cowboy fan. I I don't drink the (laughs) Kool-Aid. And I told everybody they weren't going anywhere. And I didn't think they'd get destroyed. But I thought that, that they would lose. Yeah. But, I don't think the issue, and a lot of people disagree with me, I don't think the issue is is Mike. I think the issue is players. Players make coaches look good. Now, there's some coaching that has to go into it, but the defensive side of football, the Cowboys don't have any interior defensive tackles that can stuff the run. Demarcus Lawrence has never been a sack guy, right? Except for Eli
3: Manning. Right. (laughs)
6: Yeah. And I mean, Sam Williams gave you no production. Doris Armstrong uh, gave you no production. You had no linebackers. So yeah. they had to play that way. So their defense was a mirage. It was an apparition. Yeah. Because they gave up 222 to Arizona, 266 to Buffalo. So yeah. those are all red flags right there. And on the offensive side of the football, uh, Dak is not a winner in the postseason. Your offensive line was average at best, and then you've got two average running backs behind
4: it. Yeah. So when you put
6: all that together, that spells doom in the playoffs.
3: Francois, I mean, listen, it's it's a great point. You go through the roster and appreciate the phone call. Oh, sorry, I just dropped him. He's asked to put him on hold, and I didn't do that. Darn it. Sorry, Francois.
4: He's got a great point. You know what we did wrong? The Cowboys showed us who they were in Buffalo, and we assumed – Led by me, that it was the weather. <laughs> that it was like, it was crappy weather. So, like, Dallas didn't want to show up, but that's who they were. You could run all over them. Okay. And I think the formula came out later in the year.
3: I'm, I'm not going to fall for that because I know that the schedule wasn't crazy tough, but they had a five game winning streak. And the last two were Seahawks and Eagles. And right. at the time, I don't think we knew the Eagles were as bad as they ended up being. This is like week.
4: Start, what, 12
3: or something. The
4: Eagles had already been blown up by San Francisco and their defense was falling apart badly.
3: Okay. But the Eagles got the benefit of the doubt for quite a while. Cause it was like, all right, you know, it, this is obviously getting worse and worse. But, but they, people, they And up, they beat Seattle,
4: but they let up 35 points against Seattle. And then they went into Buffalo and they let up all these running yards. And then they didn't really play well against Miami and Detroit. They lost to a, Pretty mediocre Miami team. They run, people have figured out their defense. Okay. I, I totally agree. Francois used a great term, mirage. Yeah. There's a lot of shiny talent, but there wasn't a lot of uh, solidified there.
3: We explained a lot of it away, too, which is they're just a different team on the road, which yeah, is we why did we that thought too. that this was going to be a different hosting a wild card game. Well, more fallout than the Dallas Cowboys sticking with Mike McCarthy. And again, I apologize to Francois. He specifically said put me on hold, and I did not do it. Okay. Pearl off sends an article yesterday important article please read would you like to read the headline hmm. or we're supposed to stop in our tracks and well, read this article
4: i didn't want this to pass by you know you get a lot of emails and i thought this was a story that was worthy of being on the maggie and perloff show all right here's the headline from the new york post passenger trapped in airplane bathroom for entire flight gets note from attendance sir we tried our best <laughs> I don't know why this is uh, my worst nightmare A guy who was uh, in India flying from Mumbai to Bengaluru Got stuck for the entire two hour flight in the bathroom And could not get out Apparently all the people in the rows came out And all the flight staff trying to get him out Everyone was banging (laughs) There were tools used and they could not get him out And he had to spend the entire time in the toilet on the whole trip
3: so the handwritten note, sir, we tried our best to open the door. However, we could not open it. Do not panic. We're landing in a few minutes. So please close the commode lid and sit on it and secure yourself. As soon as the main doors open, engineer will come again. Yeah. Do not panic.
4: There's he- <laughs> no seatbelts in that room, as <laughs> I recall. He was in there for
3: an hour and 45 minutes. Oh. So claustrophobic. I wouldn't even occur- It wouldn't even occur to me, of course, you have to close the lid of the toilet. Ew. Oh, who knows how bumpy it gets on yeah. the landing,
5: and that's not even a perfect seal when you close it too. Like there's <laughs> yeah. still the danger that's of a bump, a like slot. knocking. Yeah. yeah,
4: covered in blue. <laughs> also, oh, the uh, give so New York Post the some journalism credit. They called it his solen solitary confinement. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, I get about nine articles about weird things that happen on airlines <laughs> from the Whoa. New York Post. Because I know I'm going to click on it. They've figured out the algorithm, <laughs> and this one I could not <laughs> let go.
3: Well, I mean, what do you? How long would you last? I mean, you have no choice here, but
4: you have, I mean, it can't smell great in there. No.
3: Oh, and especially if it's towards the end. Do you know of what life? the
2: name of the airline is? The Spice Jet, which yeah, makes me I even more nervous. Was, I thought there was an onion article when I saw that, but it's real.
3: Wait, not the Spice Jet. Like it's a Spice Girl.
2: It's it's uh SpiceJet. It, yeah. Well, you have you ever heard of that? I'm sorry, I haven't.
3: No, I've never heard of it. I've also never been to India.
4: It's like the Southwest Airlines of India, SpiceJet. <laughs> <laughs> the,
3: the planes are really decorated, quite fun. But oh, that's as bad.
5: It was yeah, like, the only bathroom on the plane where people were unable to go because of this. They never lo- reported on that.
3: <laughs> you know what, that because that's suddenly a huge problem. There's a new yeah. problem. Check the smell the-
5: on the rest of the plane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, aisle twenty-seven sounds a little smells a little weird.
3: <laughs> also, what were they serving?
5: Clean up on aisle 31. Well, hopefully uh, an hour 45 flight that was no food. So hopefully that's all right. So did
4: I, did, did I create a show foul there by saying important email?
3: Well, you cried wolf a little bit. I mean, I uh, thought I was getting something like our, you know, our boss is now leaving. We yeah. found that out yesterday. So congratulations to our boss, Spike Eskin, who's going to be taking over afternoons <laughs> in Philadelphia so, we had some big news mm. going around the office. No one
5: told me that either. That's two things I <laughs> was left off of yesterday. <laughs> important
3: article. Please read Man Stuck in Bathroom.
2: We're doing so much planning for the Super Bowl, too, that I, I'm thinking, oh, as a producer, oh, okay, yes, important things to get ready yes. for Vegas. And then I read this. Well, this is man,
3: man Trapped in Crapper. Yes, on Thank Spice you. Jet.
2: Can This is Feynman. important. <laughs> this is important. It could happen to you.
1: Yeah.
3: So it's a lot of your wisdom. I'm with you on this one. Just hold it the whole plane ride.
2: Well, that guy didn't have to hold. That guy just <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. business yeah, to gosh. take his time. <laughs> yeah, that's the mean That might be a little bit of an advantage. You don't got to worry about the <laughs> aisle seat for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why
4: it? I take the aisle seat in case I have to go to the bathroom. And by the way, side story: there's something really uncomfortable that's oh, coming up. Yeah.
3: Oh well, yeah. You. That's between you two. Yeah, oh.
4: yeah. Uh, I gotta tell you, I. Uh, will t- me and EJ oh. might be sitting next to each other on the flight to Las Vegas <laughs> for the Super Bowl. I'm going to be be pretend to be locked in the bathroom for an hour and a half.
3: <laughs> it's it's fun to be on the same flight as a colleague but then when you're sitting right next to them it's like, "Hey, what do you read?"
4: <laughs> no,
2: it's great. We can share an Uber. We can check in. And say, "Yo, what well, well, yeah." That would be that would be good. The but the discovery of how this <laughs> happened was very it was wild. Wait, what I said? Well, no, you're like, "Oh, I'm leaving 115." I'm like, "I think my flight's 115." <laughs> I'm on jet flu you you're just like, oh no. <laughs> like Romo
0: Nance. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Perloff.
3: <laughs> it's gonna be the sh- the shining by the time. This is he gonna
2: be go. like this is gonna be like a preview for Perloff when he drives to uh, San Antonio with Boat. <laughs> it's just gonna be a shorter version. We spend all day <laughs> together.
4: What about how long are we it's gonna take fifteen minutes till I'm out of conversation. So, EJ, tell me about your childhood. What are we gonna do on this flight?
6: <laughs> Here's Tony <laughs>
4: Help, man. I'm stuck in the bathroom and I can't get out.
2: Do you know that man? No, absolutely
3: not. Ah, <laughs> oh, what a day. Thank you, DJ Stewart. Thank you to people Audi Andrew Bogus, Andrew Kaplan, weedos, coffee drinkers, and callers. See you tomorrow.
6: What a day. Here's Tony.